1: Hey gang, Kevin Goatee. What's going on? How are you? Wow. All I have to say is, thank you so much, yet again, for all the love you've shown us. People are ordering stuff now on the website, guttingthesacredcow.com. Not only can you go there to get merch, you can go there every day for some great articles that Kevin, Israel, and I post Monday through Friday. Thank you for the reviews on all the podcast platforms. We see it. We, we, we love it. We love it. We've even screenshot some of our favorites and send them back to each other. I think we're going to start sharing them now online so that way you guys can see what's up. This episode, we've got Frank the Tank Fleming from Barstool Sports taking on, I know, it is going to be a very controversial film, Fight Club. That's right. Frank the Tank, taking on Gun Fight Club. But before we get to that, one more thing. If you're looking to advertise or sponsor with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com is where you can find us. Can't thank you enough for everything. We're trying to get some live shows ready. Hopefully, maybe schedule some winter. Don't know. We'll see. But again, thank you so much for everything. Kevin, Israel, and I love, 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 love you guys for really pushing us really far in our first year. It's really been cool how how fast and by the leaps and bounds that we've made. And we've only been doing this now for 10 months. It's crazy. But thank you so much again. And without further ado, check out Frank Fleming. Frank the Tank doing Fight Club. Love you guys. And girls. And everybody.
2: Gather round
1: is what I know. It's just that Anyway, Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, gutting the sacred cow. How the hell are you folks? We're having a blast. Thank you so much for consistently being a fan and we are going to tell you what, let's invite you to do something new. Take a picture of you wearing your gutting the sacred cow merchandise and we'll Ooh. add you on our social media. Where can you get gutting the cow, gutting the sacred cow merchandise? You can get it at guttingthesacredcow.com. That's right. Get a bag, a hat, a shirt, a mug, you know, something that you would pack for vacation, big camp because we can't go anywhere because of coronavirus, that fun stuff cow.com every day, though. Check it out for quotes, movie quotes we do what every day. The list of the week, movies we've seen, movie news, and sequels we want to see or never asked for. But we're having fun. We're going to have even more fun. Why is that? Because we've got Frank Fleming, a.k.a. Frank the Tank, from Barstool Sports as our guest. today. Hey, Frank, how are you, buddy? What's going on? All right. Uh, typical thing,
0: just get, can't leave baseball to start tired of this uh, uh, nothing going on crap and hopefully, I mean, it, it, I'm so desperate for sports, I'm actually watching soccer.
1: Oof, that's beyond <laughs> desperation.
0: And I'm not just watching soccer, I'm watching
1: the MLS. I think people who play, I think people who watch soccer have MLS. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, mean uh, you know, I let that one sink and the fucking turd it came in.
0: If, if you actually look at the rest of the world,
1: the MLS is basically like a double A. I'm not a soccer guy. I find it a, a boring sport. But Frank didn't come here to talk soccer. We're here to do manly talk. And Frank picked a manly movie to gut. He chose the 1999 cult classic Fight Club. This you film... You you talk about Fight Club? Well, we're going to break that rule and a lot of other rules about talking about Fight Club. You know
0: why they don't want you to talk about Fight Club?
1: Because it doesn't if exist. The movie fucking sucks. Way to to bury the lead, Frank. A 1999 release, ironically, a few short months after Kevin Israel and I graduated college. A budget at the time of $63 million, bringing in a total haul of $100 million. But only $37 million came from the United States of America. Considered a bomb here until, of course, it got full cult classic status when it was released on DVD. 2020 numbers, $98.7 million budget, $156.7 million haul. IMDb score, Kevin, Israel, as you very well know, is a number from 1 to 10 with decimal points. What did Fight Club score?
2: I'm going to say a
1: 6-8. How about you, Frank? Want to take a stab at what Fight Club scored in the old IMDb?
0: Uh, well, I would give, I would personally give it like a 2.3 on a scale of 1 to 10 mm-hmm but mm-hmm. uh imdb i'm gonna guess uh i'm gonna guess a 7.1 wow
1: you both are very off 8.8 imdb wow. score oh, Roger. rotten tomatoes critics score frank is a 1 through 100 with obviously percentages what did the critics give fight club
0: uh, i would say the critics gave it uh a 72
2: Kevin Israel. I ah, took my number. That's what I was going to say. Oh, uh, I'll go with 73
1: 79 in the neighborhood of. This guy. <laughs> Audience score. Kevin Israel, you go first so he can
2: I bet this you. is going to be high. I bet this is going to be like an 88. Frank. I'm going to
1: go 84. 96. Woo! Wow, 96. This had this and like Pulp Fiction and oh god, Clockwork Orange had to be like the three posters in every fraternity dude's house. Yeah, that's true. Pulp Fiction was in mine, not the other two, because <laughs> it came out after I graduated. Quotes: You are not special. You are not a beautiful or unique snowflake. You are the same decaying organic matter as everyone else. The things you own, you things you own, end up owning you. Even the Mona Lisa is falling apart. And, of course, the aforementioned and hackneyed The First Rule of Fight Club, dot, dot, dot. And I think Kevin Israel's autobiographical quote, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. (laughs) Kevin Israel, what quote stood out to you? Uh,
2: You know what? This movie is an incredibly quotable movie. It's got a ton of great lines. Uh, But the one that I've actually said uh, in the past is we're a generation of men raised by women. I'm wondering if another woman is really the answer we need.
1: <laughs> I, I, I did chuckle at that one. Frank, any quotes stand out to you? Uh, his name is Robert Pattinson. <laughs> no, that was a Twilight <laughs> vampire. Oh, <laughs> well, what was his name? His name was Paulson. Robert Paulson. Paulson, Paulson, Paulson yeah. <laughs> Close. Robert Pattinson. That's and funny. He is Batman. <laughs> And a diamond vampire who plays baseball in the rain and never closes the deal until, I don't know what film it was. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. Brad Pitt made $17.5 million for the role. Want to take a guess what Edward Norton got?
0: Edward Norton got, uh, I'm gonna guess, uh, ten million.
2: No, I think Norton at that point was a bigger star than Pitt. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he got twenty. Two point five.
1: No shit! Wow! Yeah! Wow! Yeah! And he and you're right. He did Primal Fear. He did. Uh, Rounders, God was that, yeah. Rounders was was active before this. Oh, who doesn't love Rounders? Ah, another one you can add to our uh, unassailable list. Did
0: Brad Pitt do Legends of the Fall by then? And wasn't he an Interview the Vampire by then?
1: Oh, absolutely. Interview the Vampire was ninety four. Yeah, Legends yeah. of the Fall was ninety five. I mean, he did. So by then, was, uh, they, by
0: then, uh, Brad Pitt was top. Was was the bigger
1: star? He was yeah. uh, he was hot off Meet Joe Black, right. But Ed Norton got nominated for Primal Fear. He had a nomination for Academy Award. you think he'd get more than seven times, ta- eight times less virtually than Brad Pitt did. Well, that's Fun. why I guess 10 million. I know 10 million would have probably been more the number. Yeah, I think that, well, I don't know. I, I think I read why, but I forgot, but it wasn't important. Fun fact number two, Janine Garofalo turned down the role of Marla because the script made her uncomfortable. Courtney Love wanted to do the role, but was dating Ed Norton at the time. Reese Witherspoon was too young. And Julie Louis Dreyfus met with Fincher and he felt she had no idea who he was and making it thus thus making him say he felt like a fucking loser.
2: I would have loved to see
1: Julia Dreyfus in this part. I would love to see Reese Witherspoon in this part. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made the whole fucking. She pull that off. No, I know. The fuck me, like, the grade school part, even more yeah. creepy. Number if three. Oh, yeah. Number three, Meatloaf wore a fat suit filled with 100 pounds of bird feed, although he never wore it during filming because his D-cups were plentiful and even lactated all over Ed Norton during filming. Just kidding. 100-pound no. bags of bird feed were strapped to him for his seed. Want to take two stabs on who got who, who actually applied for the Ed Norton role? I'll give you hints. We both already talked about them.
2: I, I, I read this.
1: Okay. Frank, want take a guess? Uh, Let's see. Sean Penn?
0: That's one. Probably one of my was to young by then. Now.
1: He was in third grade then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you because we're, we we got to move along. Sean, Sean Penn and Matt Damon. One, that would back. have been Matt Damon. That would have been a weird pick.
2: It would have, right?
1: Yeah. I can't picture Matt Damon doing that movie. I guess he said, huh, talented Mr. Ripley, a closeted gay guy killing somebody on a boat, or this? Well, apparently Norton was also up for the talented Mr. Ripley. That movie was terrible. I saw it in the theater and have not given it a second look since. Number five. During the last scene of the actual film Fight Club, a dick pops up for a split second as, like, Tyler, you Tyler Durden, inserted into films when he worked as a projectionist. Did anyone catch that? I yeah. catch
2: it. I pause it on there and just stare <laughs> at it.
1: Is it veiny enough for it's you? A big,
2: ve- big veiny motherfucker. Uh, I got, t- I got two interesting facts to add to yours. I'm all uh, here, They both yeah. relate, to- they both relate to the book, which I didn't read, but I, but I read the wiki. One, in the book, he meets Tyler Durden on a nude beach, which I think would have been a much more interesting scene. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and two, the, uh, he learns that he, he and Tyler Durden are the same person from uh, Marla in the book. Marla's the one who knows, and she tells him. And halfway through the book, he thinks Tyler and Marla are the same person.
1: Oh
0: my god. Well, you know, if you actually look at the movie, to me, Marla is almost, like, is almost like a female version of the narrator, because they're both the same people going to these uh, uh, group therapy sessions just to walk. And, uh, yeah. and they have like this friction over each other going to these group therapy sections because they both go there to go and they both know they go there to go right?
2: Right. They're both going there to fulfill something in themselves that they, they don't so, have.
0: So I'm, I'm, the, I'm, wondering if Marla is actually in fact real and not just imaginary too. Well, where Brad Pitt was his aggressive persona, Marla was his, uh, was his female side.
1: Fair point. It's,
2: it's an interesting theory.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's time for more of Frank's interesting theories. Kevin Israel, it's now time for Frank too. Gut the Sacred, sacred
2: Cow.
0: I, I, I honestly just don't understand the meaning of this movie. I mean, what the fuck? Was this written by Antifa? <laughs> Why is that blowing up everything? Just for the fuck of it, he blows up his apartment, and then he goes and then he goes squatting in this this uh, like uh, dilapidated mansion. Then uh, everyone starts joining this fight club, and if, and then you see from everyone else's point of view that he was just jumping around and fighting himself. I mean, how does he get these idiots to go down to the fight club, and then all of a sudden to start blowing up buildings? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. There's no, there's no logical reason. There's no reason. I mean, he's blowing up buildings. What the fuck? What for? There's no reason. This is, and when, and of course, it turns out that Tyler is just his minder, his imaginary friend. They have these inane conversations. The fights are inane. It's just ridiculous. It just, just, there's just no reason. There's just no logical reason.
1: Gotcha.
0: And and, and Tyler is an asshole. I mean, he's uh, they're watching Bambi. He's a sorting dicks in the picture. He's pissing at people's soup. I mean, if anyone should be getting their building blown up, it's fucking this guy, And and he's pissed off at the world, yet this guy is just a total fucking asshole.
2: Yeah. I agree. I well,
0: mean why I would what's what's the reason? There's just no reason. There's no logic to this movie.
2: Well, I think I think if you look at the 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 author of the book Chuck Palahniuk he is a very twisted guy and he's written uh he's written some pretty fucked up shit.
0: <laughs>
1: well, uh, this is a fucked up movie. What else got uh, you what, what else got your nuts in a knot about it? Like uh... It, it, it,
0: I mean, it just and first off, uh, the holding with the, with the, the the group therapy sessions. This guy's going there to gawk at people, and it, it just from day from the moment the movie begins, Ed Norton's an asshole. There's this, the, the, and and I understand that that the, the one person he should go after is his boss because of the uh that the, he talked about that recall rule, but. It's just and then they go from fighting each other and then all of a sudden, okay,
1: let's start fighting. Let's blow shit up. What about all the uh the fight scenes themselves? What anything about those things stand out to you? What'd you think? For a movie called
0: Fight Club, there wasn't many fight scenes.
1: Oh. That is true. I did read out Brad Pitt knocked out some of his teeth for this to be convincing. Hey, for he the actually wall. went and had his teeth chiseled down. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that for anybody in a role. Ever. Yeah, and by the way, I didn't notice that.
0: And I, I well, he I did see that he had uh, like a chip in his front
1: teeth. They showed the picture of the close up of him with the the gacked up teeth. The other person who did that, Jim Carrey had an originally a, a chip front tooth, and he took off the crown for Dumb and Dumber, and while, that's why his teeth was all so tooth was all. Oh, did he really? Up. Then he put it back on after it was done. Yeah. yeah, he did that for uh, Dumb and Dumber. Frank, what, what about what about Helena Bonacarter? Carter? What do you think of her? Uh, she struck me as
0: a junkie, and I think, like I said, I think she was uh, a figment of the narrator's na- uh, imagination too.
1: Yeah, I was, I was kind of weighing that in the entire time too as I watched. I said, "Is this real? Is this not real? What's going on?"
0: I, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's ridiculous that. Uh, that he he, he pictured it being pictured being the child with his parents fighting, and uh, his subconscious is fucking her as Brad Pitt, and then kicking her out every morning, every afternoon, and having fights with her. I mean, that's just it's very
1: strange. That's what tells me she was fake too. So is he a, a, a not a I guess maybe a cuckold because he's watching himself fuck her, or is he more of a voyeur? Because he's actually picturing himself, but Brad Pitt fucking her. This opens a can of worms, Captain Israel. What are your thoughts on that? And of course, at the end there, he puts her on a bus and then the people,
0: and then his people grab her. But even though he shot himself in the head, the two of them are standing watching all these buildings blown down like nothing was wrong with his head. That tells me, once again, she's a figment of his imagination. He's dying on the ground from a self-inflicted gunshot wound and uh, two of them were just watching the, 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 his subconscious and her are watching the buildings go down. Mm.
1: And the Project Mayhem stuff, what about that? When it kind of really changed from being an a, a underground fight club film to more of a, uh, as you actually said, an Antifa kind of thing. What were yeah. what 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 your thoughts on that from the, 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 the dynamic shift?
0: I mean, first, they did, uh, first they're doing the, these pranks where they make the birds shit on all the uh,
1: Mercedes? Hilarious! I laughed out fucking. I wrote that down in the notes here. Laughed out loud when bird, when they trained the pigeons to shit on top of all the cars. I thought that was genius.
0: I mean, yeah, they, 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 but they, but they, they, I just don't I just don't get how you go from underground fighting to blowing buildings up. Then he confesses to the cops, but
1: the cops are involved. Right, they're part of Fight Club and they had and, and all that. I also read something where all of the, if you if you paid attention to the cops' names, which I didn't, all three of the cops' names was, was the first middle and last name of Kevin Spacey's character in seven. Really? Really? <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> talk, about, talk about a for long way back. talk about yeah. a long way for a fucking callback, you know no. is, that for, for an Easter play. Egg, I'll pass.: That I did not catch. I don't think anyone did, Frank. Don't feel I didn't catch it either, and I'm sure Israel didn't as well. So don't feel, don't feel shy. Uh, what about what about what about meatloaf? And how how did he? Fa- uh, what'd you think of him as an actor in this film? <laughs> <laughs> just laughs.
0: There's not much to say about meatloaf. He was just a blubbering, uh, blubbering ball-less
1: pile of blubber. No. Oh. Excellent. All right, Kevin Israel. But, one but one I won't one do one. that. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see him, I think of the Thorozudo play by play. That's the best part of that song. Uh, uh, yeah, that, yeah, it was, he's acted before. Of course, he was in uh,
0: uh, what's him uh, uh a Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that.
1: Never seen that film, and I don't plan yeah, on it anytime soon. Nope, I didn't and see you did Grease. Show. You did his podcast. Well. What are you...
2: I, I did not see. I did not see Greece until
1: uh, see. I did not see Greece until four months ago because of this podcast. So <laughs> I have no desire to sit through musicals like that unless someone forces me to do so for this film. So well, I, I'm not a big musical guy,
0: but Rocky Horror Picture Show is a total cult classic.
1: Cult classic, but is it? I good? agree
2: with you, Frank. Kevin has no heart.
1: I just, I haven't seen it. I don't have a desire to see it. Maybe if someone makes you me You would hate it. it. I'm sure I would. For all the reasons I like it, you would hate it. Oh, that's because you're a fruit.
2: Uh, <laughs> Kevin Israel, why don't you kick off the notes section first? I saw this movie in uh, the summer of 2000. I actually didn't even, I, I, and I was a movie watcher back in college, but I didn't even know this movie came out. I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, one of my buddy, we had a beach house down the Jersey Shore, and it was a rainy day, and we were out of beer. So my buddy said, "Hey, I have the VHS tape of uh, Fight Club. You got to see this movie." And we were all like, "We're gonna watch a movie now." And he's like, "You've got to see this movie." We actually like twelve of us sat down and watched it. And I got to tell you, I remember just being blown away. I think I think at that point for me that was one of the first movies that I saw with a, with a real twist that I didn't see coming, and. Uh, and I haven't seen Fight Club probably in a good ten years, uh, and I wasn't sure if it was going to hold up. And for me, it did. I still enjoyed watching it. Um, unlike uh, The Sixth Sense, which we reviewed, I think the uh, the movie holds up even once you know the twist. The chemistry between Norton and Brad Pitt, I really, really enjoyed their their back and forth, and even and once you know. The, the big reveal at the end, the movie almost becomes a little more enjoyable because you get to sit and watch everybody's reactions and you go, I, uh, you know, and you think back to that first time, you're like, how did I, how did I miss all of this? Um, it was, it, it had, and it, for me at the time, because I had just graduated college, I was working a boring office job. I, you know, I, I was buying shit from IKEA. I was basically living the Ed Norton life. And I think I just saw so much of myself in that character where it was just like, going through the motions and wishing you were this more mysterious, exciting Tyler Durden character. Uh, I, I, and I, I, think for a lot of the, the, the generation, my generation at that time and goatees, uh, we probably saw a lot of ourselves in this movie and kind of got it. Cause we were working towards all this shit that people told us that we had to have and we had to do. And then when we really sat down, we were like, why, what is, what is all of this matter? What's the importance? And I think that kind of, that's, that was, at least, that was especially Chuck Palahniuk's point in the movie. Is that we, you know, in his book, that we spend so much of our time working to get all this shit, and and what does it really matter? Are we are we are we becoming anything better? Are we more interesting people? Are we are we are we anything that we that we've dreamt of as we were children of what we would be? Um, I thought I thought it was. Like, you know the, uh, the Frank's comparison to Antifa was, especially for watching it now, was was an interesting one. I think it, that is kind of insightful because you see how people could get sucked into things. And, and Frank made the point like, why did these guys start just doing this? Why did they start following? Because when you have all these people in this workforce who just are living these empty lives, and suddenly you have this one dynamic character come and say, "Hey, I got a point for you. I got something that'll make your life interesting." I I could see everybody just going, okay, I mean, it's, it's happened before in Nazi Germany. Um, uh, so, uh, which Kevin Goatee was there. Oh, Uh, you
1: son of a bitch. (laughs) I knew that train was coming in the station.
2: (laughs) So, uh, so, you know, I mean, I, 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 I I love Brad Pitt. I, everything he's done. I, he's, he's a great actor. And for, for being a really like just good looking, perfect kind of looking actor, he manages to pull off a bunch of a bunch of different types of roles and, and he, he pulls them off memorably. Uh, and obviously I think Tyler Durden is probably one of his most memorable. Um, yeah. I, I, this, this movie was, was a home run for me at the time. And even on rewatch, I would say that, it, that knowing this twist is makes it more, it's still more enjoyable than even watching usual suspects, which I really enjoyed watching. Um, so yeah, for me, look, I, you know, I just don't have anything really bad I could say about this movie. I, I loved it when I saw it. And I remember, and kudos to my friend who also listens to the podcast, John Snowden, who was the guy who made me watch it because he was a, usually when people want you to watch a movie and then watch it with you after they've seen it, they usually go, yo, yo, this part, you're going to love this part. Yeah, this is awesome. And it's the most annoying thing in the world. He sat down and shut up through the whole movie and didn't say a goddamn thing. And I remember when the movie ended, I was like, how did you not? say anything he's like i needed to see everybody's reaction once
1: right. you
2: realize uh so yeah so for me this movie holds up I, I you know i don't i i i wouldn't put it on my you know top five or top ten favorite movies but i i definitely love it and it's 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 not and you know goatee and i always talk about the remote remote test whether or not this is something you would stop on the minute you see it's on and i don't know that that i would say that about it but it's still it's still a great movie that i love it i love the characters I love the the theme and the and the, the idea that when you have such a drab, boring life, you have to create this alternate existence for yourself. And uh, and I like going back through the movie and seeing all the little spots and saying, "Oh, he was by there. He was by himself for that. There was nobody there for that." And th- and thinking about how that all played out and how how bleak of a life that was, and that was a life that I was living in two thousand. So uh, so yeah, uh, I really love this movie. I uh, yeah, it's an eight for me yeah you know what I mean, I think there was a lot of stuff in the movie that you know there were some holes. The idea of blowing up seven buildings was going to erase all of the country's debt, obviously uh, is an oversimplification of how our credit system works, and that there's probably servers other place that have all that all that um, all that saved. The one problem I did have with the movie, and I still had it with the movie on Rewatch, at the end, when he shoots himself in the head, the idea is that he's willing to kill himself, and so thereby he kills Tyler because he's willing to sacrifice his own life. But he's not, because he doesn't kill himself. So the question always is, did he accidentally not kill himself, or did he mean not to kill himself and only shot himself in the mouth? Uh, If it was an accident, he's a lucky bastard, and I I, I don't even think that's, I don't know if that's possible. And he surely wouldn't be standing there and talking to his girlfriend.
1: That's why
0: I think that was all in his dream, too.
1: I think he he was trying to Y2K this shit before Y2K was a thing. Kevin Israel, give me a one to 10. Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Wow. Big score. <laughs> Notes from yours truly support groups. I need a support group for people who want to murder humble braggers on Facebook for some basic type of bullshit. Hey, just went to the grocery store checking in. Hey, woe was me? I had bad. I had something bad happen to me 10 years ago. But if you like my status, it will erase a decade of bad feelings or Hey, I had a meeting with industry today, but I can't talk about it. <laughs> Fuck. A big you. things coming up. Oh, Marla looks like Wednesday Adams and the Ugly Witch from The Craft had a baby together. <laughs> ah, I got Frank to crack first. Israel, I win. When Marla gave Ed Norton her number his number, her number—this made me go back into the days of getting numbers from girls at bars. And remember when she would write it in your hand, you could not wipe your forehead. You couldn't wash your hands. You couldn't hold the drink in your hand. You had the girl write the number on your hand down. Those were real challenges. Not getting social media followings, Kevin Israel. That's what I say. I remember getting
2: a girl's number on a napkin, and I went home, and the the last number had ripped off. So I just went through – I called every number. Until I got her. On the
1: phone. <laughs> well, you only had ten choices, so good for you. Well, and
2: it was like, and it was like eight, so I had to go through seven before I got to her.
1: <laughs> is this Rebecca? Who the fuck is this? Yeah. It, I feel, it, I feel this film re- heavily, heavily borrowed from Train Spotting when Ewan McGregor gives his "Choose Life" monologue, as when Ed Norton is doing his monologues throughout. A lot of "Choose Life," don't fucking sit there and wait for shit to happen. Blah blah blah. It takes a special breed of douche to wear sunglasses on a plane and a double amount of douche to wear them on a night flight. <laughs> Ed Norton throws a punch like Lena Dunham. How about that? And they trained. They, they, they spent a couple months training how to fight. <laughs> When they had their whole dialogue about who would you fight celebrity-wise, that got me thinking. I'll give you a few seconds while I give you my three celebrities I'm going to fight, Kevin Israel. Number one is Josh Gad. He annoys the living piss out of me in every fucking thing I see him in, as well as off-camera. He just looks like an annoying queef. Number two, McLovin. He needs a kick in the nuts. And number three, Oliver Platt. Not a fan. Three celebrities that you would fight.
2: Go. Um, one comes to mind immediately. Who? Jesse Eisenberg.
1: I was going to put him. I was going <laughs> to have him as three. And I said, we just did Batman and Superman. That's too easy. It's too recent bias. I was going to put him down. Son of a bitch. That's funny. <laughs> Great point. Great minds. Frank, any celebrities you want to fight? Oh, Mark Ruffalo. A Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo. Absolutely. He's a, he's
0: a blowhard. I get why. I get you. Absolutely deserves a punch in the face. Sure. Uh, I think of a sudden we're stuck on this guy's name. Sean Penn. Totally need his ass kicked.
1: Another 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 big blowhard. John Pentel needs the
0: ass kicked. And Robert De Niro is a fucking
1: blowhard. Oh, okay. There's the holy trinity of blowhardiness. What film spawned more dumb antics from dudes, this or the program? (laughs) But (laughs) at least (laughs) the program at least removed
2: deleted that scene in the beginning after like the second week of the movie out. (laughs) Yeah, they did.
0: So people actually did it, and I think someone actually got killed. If I can remember right.
2: Yeah,
1: did. the kids in my town did it. But they didn't get killed? No, you know, but I think somebody did get hit by a car. You mean the band didn't lay down in the middle of the street when you were in it, Kevin Israel? No, no, it was hard to lay down with a drum. I would say, how can you lay down with a big tuba?
2: <laughs> but I, I think every guy has been drunk in a basement somewhere and said, hit me as hard as you can.
1: Oh, yeah. I had guys – when I was pledging, I never, I'll never forget Mike Martone. goes, you have to punch me in the stomach. I want to throw up. I'm like, I can't hit a brother, sir. He's like, hit me in the stomach. He goes, I said, I can't hit a brother. He's like, sir. He goes, you don't hit me in the stomach. I'm going to hit you in the stomach. I go, all right, pal. <laughs> and then he puked. Yeah, nice, nice body shot, Kevin. I would love to threaten people the way Brad Pitt did in corporate America with a gun like he did with the convenience store guy. And say, get off your fucking ass and do something that you want, because you've never heard a five-year-old say, "When I grow up, I want to be in marketing. I want to that work moment, in a bodega." Yeah, that movie, that yeah. part spoke to me, like the so J.K. Simmons. Field last year. What's that? The,
0: uh, for Barso at the park, and I looked over, and every every time the Barcelona at the park had their party, they had a uh, guy who was watching over the uh, alcohol compliance officer. And I, that's the one job I, say, I said that's... Can you imagine being seven years old and going, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be an alcohol compliance officer.
1: I don't even know what that is. I, they have them at ball games to so make sure you're not too drunk. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that make sure you don't get too drunk. Yeah. Oh, they're the buzzkills. I call them the fun police. <laughs> this film lost me with Project Mayhem. It quasi kept my attention with the Fight Club stuff. And Ed Norton fighting with his boss, you know, going back and forth in the fake fight. But this film goes full bonkers, quote, Snake Plissken escape from L.A. surfing scene with Project Mayhem. So in all, I just don't care. I don't care about this film. It had some fun and some good messages, which made you shake your head and go, okay, all right, I'm with you. It's a very unique story. And here's the problem with this film. You've got fantastic ingredients. Underground Fight Club story. Check. Brad Pitt and Ed Norton, fantastic actors, check. Dark David Fincher, check. It's like you combine – David Tell joke. You put a bunch of – you know, ice cream by itself is great, but ice cream and cotton candy and gin is awful. You throw all these things in a pot, like few of your favorite foods, steak, fucking uh, grilled cheese and, and, and ice cream and, and, and gin – and that's what this recipe comes out to. The, the wheels fall off of this, like Chevy, Chase, Chevy Chase's family truckster did on vacation when asking for directions in St. Louis. Can you give me a back to the expressway? Fuck your mama. Roll him up. The last act was so bonkers, I felt that it had to outbat shit crazy the first two acts combined. But even in the first two acts, it couldn't fully bait me. It's like you meet a girl at the bar who you may think is hot, and then she shares a story about herself where she cuts herself while she sings it, sings the theme to what's happening in the TV show. Like this was this is the film, the film for Maxim magazine readers, myself included. But the effort came out like Details magazine did not care for this at all. I didn't hate it, but I will never watch it again. I promise you. It's not a bad movie, but I will say this without question, this goes on the Mount Rushmore for the most overrated films of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, mind. 100%. 100%. You're this, out is of your ins- mind. this is Absolutely. insanely, thank you for agreeing, Frank, insanely overrated. It's good. It's okay. It's not even fine. It's all right. But I felt this ending was the lazy way out. Yes, it was a twist, but oh, it's him? Big fucking deal. He even did the same shit in Primal Fear, which is, oh, I'm the killer because I've just turned that whole fake accent on for you guys. Same kind of, and, and even oh, six He didn't Sense. write that movie. I know that, but I'm saying Chuck, probably his left whatever his fucking name is. I thought that was a lazy. I thought that was a lazy way out. I, twist, I but- mean, people to consider this such a classic movie.
0: that that, oh this is top 10 movie top 10
1: it's not it's nowhere near it it's a dude it's a dude film i don't see it i i get it why people like it i just don't find it good and it nowhere nowhere sniffs the hype that has been set out for this film five out of ten mount rushmore mount rushmore overrated put it right there front and center
0: you know, uh, I, I gave the movie a 2.1 overall on a scale of uh, about like 1 to 10. The point
1: was- one is what makes that review so special. Let's go. Now, listen, we have our own repi- opinions, but let's see what those snob assholes who wear tweed jackets and elbow patches, smoking a pipe and thinking that they're hot shit because they have an associate's in film study. Let's go to the critics. Five-star reviews. Critics. Five-star reviews. Critics. Five-star reviews. Critics, five star reviews, and now, of course, let's start off our first review with an agenda-based review. Kevin, oh boy, Fight Club examines David Pincher. Fin- Pincher. David Fincher's portrait of toxic masculinity from the female gaze. Oh Jesus! What female gaze are we speaking of? It's not from mm. Marla. Asshole. But hey- I thought she means lesbians. Female gaze. hey <laughs> sit in the timeout for five minutes for that one. <laughs> Pitt dominates the screen every second he's on it, and it simultaneously represents his weirdest, funniest, and most charismatic role of his career, perhaps the most post-9-11 film to have been made pre-9-11, capturing perfectly both the stirring discontent of the 90s and the madness, both geopolitical and especially economic, that would erupt globally in the decade to come. Wow. Wow. I agree. This is the most charismatic role. I would have to pick his role in Snatch as number two. He was great in Snatch. Love that film. (laughs) Next one, lurid, twisted, and violent. Not for kids. I say, well, Charles Cassidy of Common Sense Media. Yes, that's who he writes for. This is why this film is rated R. Critics' one-star reviews. Critics' one-star reviews. Star Reviews. Oh, for the time where men were men and were encouraged to beat the tar out of one another, that's the world Fight Club pines for. Fight yeah. Club- yeah. 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 Fight Club jettisons its sense of humor 60 minutes in, and so far from satirizing the tiresome, quote, crisis of masculinity, unquote, stuff sloshing around the airwaves either side of the Atlantic, the film simply endorses it. And we've got a runner-up for a lot of words that mean nothing. Technically – sorry, go ahead.
2: No, it's just – they went through the thesaurus for that one.
1: Technically gorgeous, but it's such a wreck of tone and intellect. If it had all continued in the vein explored in the first act, it might have become a great film. But the second act is pandering, and the third is trickery. Signed by, actually, Roger Ebert. You know what? I kind of actually agree with Robert. Trump. I am 100%. That's why I said 100%. Everything he said, beat for beat in there, I agree with him on. You, you too
2: and Roger Ebert can suck <laughs> it. It fell
1: apart. It was like Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. These, these are a little bit long, but they're worth it, believe me. I'm not sure to re- where to begin. Is it perhaps the story of buying a consumer product that speaks to the ills of consumerism? Yet I see Fight Club, the greatest gift of society. I see it in the solution to the world's present state of permanent adolescence, all this potential being squandered. I'm thinking Fight Club is what we really need. If you open your mind and let go, it will change your life. It will have you sizing people up. You'll start wearing more red. You'll look at ads and and start asking why. You'll get in better shape, not for others, but for yourself. You'll realize a controlling woman is the last thing you need in your life. You'll appreciate soap. You'll laugh at others trying to get the perfect selfie. You'll start thinking for yourself. Signed, Phil Knight, CEO of Nike. Did you write that yourself? No. That was, you'll start wearing red? Yes. Copy and paste, bro my mom is afraid to watch this movie because she thinks it's too bloody and gory but but let me tell you that the gory scenes aren't simply there to establish shock value such as saw <laughs> they do make this movie thrilling but they are also necessary for the plot after seeing this movie you'll also realize that every other movie that you thought was once good was in fact complete garbage in comparison I love the ultimate I, I love the ultimate opinions
2: yeah that's uh it's going a little far.
1: It is. This one's long, but again, worth it. It is difficult about. The, it is difficult to talk about the film without ruining it. I first saw the preview for it when I went to see The Phantom Menace. It was part of a Fox set of previews. I saw a bunch of guys fighting and a bar of soap. I thought, is this like that lame Van Damme movie Lionheart? No, thanks. Just like it. Just like it. <laughs> the next week, I was up away in upstate New York on a job interview. I was flown there from California and had nothing to do Thursday night in the tiny town that I was staying in. They had an impressive movie theater, so I thought I would unwind from my ten-hour interview by taking a film in. What was he interviewing for, or being interviewed? FBI, sex toys assembly worker. <laughs> <laughs> when I arrived at the theater, Fight Club was just starting, so I bought a ticket on a whim, even though I didn't really like Lion. Even though I really didn't like Lionheart very much, he has a hard on for Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, what's his? I walked out of that film with my mind buzzing. Finally, you can make a great trilogy if you watch these three movies in this order. First, watch American Beauty, then Fight Club, and finally, Office Space.
2: Which like that one does a lot of drugs.
1: Like What's that, Frank? Which one of those three not like the other? Oh, all of them. I like American <laughs> Beauty. American Beauty is great. How can I write a review when I can't talk about it? Let's see. It's a place you go. No. Um, do you hate society? Good. Me too. Here's what you do with that rage. Wait. Damn it. Signed, person who reads and mouths the words while doing so. What? Yeah.
2: You, you, found, some, you found some winners this time, Ken.
1: I had to. I only had one page of notes this time for this one. I had to make <laughs> up for it. Amazon one-star reviews. And. Amazon One-Star Reviews. It's time for Amazon One-Star Reviews. Amazon One-Star Reviews. Starting with the That Didn't Happen review, Kevin. I thought the R rating was for the fight scenes, and based on the positive reviews, purchased this DVD. After watching it for three-fourths of an hour, due to its degree of vulgarity, stopped, cut the disc into pieces, and dispose of it into the trash can. Oh, my! And all on three, that didn't happen! Actually, no, that might have been the tech cruise of you. Next one. Meh. I waited a long time to watch this movie. The entire movie turns out to be a leftist propaganda led by a typical leftist psycho. The blueprint, the blueprint for Antifa. Don't waste this time with this one. Sign Bill de Blasio. And <laughs> now, you know, well, no, no, no. Bill de Blasio yeah. isn't Antifa. I know. So I'm making the joke, up. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds the,
0: like my review.
1: Yeah. I, I, th- <laughs> th- I, I thought the right uh, Fox News thing would be too obvious of a punchline. Next one. Creepy movie, waste of time, waste of storage, waste of makeup. Irony department. I watched the movie at the at the insistence of a woman who is a fighter against domestic violence, violence perpetrated on women. Go figure, I support her efforts, but not this one. Signed, Ike Turner. <laughs> I'm laughing my way right under Frank's podcast, Kevin. Yes, you are. For me, this was a terrible movie. If you like Pulp Fiction, you will probably enjoy this movie. There was a clever twist involved. The same moral and message was in the portrait of Dorian Gray and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but without the gross-out factor. I went home and took a shower after seeing this film. And as, as an ardent fan of Pulp Fiction, I say nay, sir. I do not like mm-hmm. this film, and I love Pulp Nay. And, of course, the last one is always the best one. This has to be one of the worst movies ever made. My husband watches every movie until the end. He said that was the best part of the movie. Then he fucked me like I was back in grade school. I made that part up. (laughs) Those are the Amazon one-star reviews. Kevin Israel is now time. Did Frank Fleming gut the sacred cow? You know, Frank put a a pretty good hurting on
2: it. Uh, But I think... think, uh, I think Fight Club still stands to fight another day, if you will. Um, there's, a, there's a lot behind this movie. There's, there's a lot of layers. I think Frank got to a couple of them, but I think, I think, I think Fight Club's still standing.
1: Okay. I agree. I think you, you insulted its presence, its family lineage, maybe used a racial slur or two, pulled out a pocket knife, got it in the, uh, in the side like a prison shank. But he's going to heal up in prison bay just fine, I think. I <laughs> think my club's gonna is going to go It was on, a valiant but, effort. Yeah, It wasn't a valiant effort. I hate this film. I don't hate it. This film on the Mount Rushmore of overrated, as I had said. It sounds like Frank agrees. Kevin disagrees. But that's fine. That's why we have this podcast. But more importantly, Frank Fleming, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Where can we find you? Tell us about where we can find you, your podcast, I'm social media, Twitter, all that. NJ Tank 99. Say, sorry, I, say that again. Just, start over. It's kind of a little warbly. Say that again. I'm
0: on Twitter, NJ Tank 99. I'm on Barstool, and of course, we got my own website, SportsEncyclopedia.com.
1: Excellent. And what can those people find on Fort's Ecyclopedia? The history
0: of sports. Every major professional team. Oh my God, that even is a MLS, lot of time. Even the MLS, which I don't know if you want to consider that major. How about rugby? Even Does rugby make the cut? Anymore. <laughs> even teams that don't exist anymore, like the North Tornadoes. How
1: about Cornhole? Does that make the list?
0: Well, it's been on ESPN2 a lot lately.
1: <laughs> That's because they're tired of airing Korean baseball with sex dolls in the uh, crowd. Well, the, the Korean baseball wouldn't be so bad, except John
0: Shambi. Look at my wall. Look at my wall. Look at my wall. Look at my wall. does a home run. No, no, no. Look at the home run. Look at my wall. I look like Mr. Heatmeiser. I'm uh, mister Heiser. i Oh, uh, Mr. Sun. I'm uh, mister Heiser. Miser. I make baseball even less fun.
1: I can't wait to see you do Meet the Mets. You were a Broadway major, weren't you, Frank? No, I wasn't broadcasting. <laughs> Check out Frank on the Sports Encyclopedia website.com, SportsEncyclopedia.com. Check out Barstool as well as his, his, his uh, podcast, Frank the Tank. Check on Barcelona. Frank Fleming, you're a joy and a delight. Thank you oh, so much.
0: Broadway. I, I watched the uh, Hamilton on uh, Disney+. Plus.
2: Oh,
1: we got another we movie had review had to do. I think the best song was The Fucking King. The King, King yeah. I have uh, never seen Hamilton yet. I actually am going to give it a try. Uh, it was real. awesome. I've heard Mixed. So The,
0: kid, the guy who did The King but the, 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 the,
1: the, the, the arrogance that he like, like personifies is perfect. Cool. Well, uh, I'll, uh, reach back out to you and talk to you about that. Cool. Frank, thanks again so much for coming on. Kevin Israel, where can we find you? You yeah, go to kevinisrael.com for my meager calendar was shows
2: are slowly trickling in. And, uh, and my album, the struggle is real on iTunes and everywhere else. And just keep supporting us at gutting the sacred cow.
1: The yeah, aforementioned guttingthesacredcow.com blogs, merch store, daily postings. Join our, 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 um, our mailing list now. Click that and uh, we'll get you a discount on the Gutting the Sacred Cow merch store. Also, don't forget to, if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. We're looking for some ad readers to join us. We're going to help you grow your business or service. KevinGotee.com, at KevinGotee, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, of course and GTSC podcast on Twitter. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Frank, thanks so much again for coming out. We appreciate it. Well, uh, Gutting the Sacred Cow,
0: out. It It was fun. I'll see you guys
1: around. Cool. Definitely. Thanks.